watching prohibition fall down. Pro Talk after 420. Back, back in it. I tell you, I wasn't, I'm not as worn out after a 420 after a DGC Cup, you know, where you're just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. I was a bit worn out after. I think we were alive for what, three or four hours? And we went for an hour on the uh, uh, Cannabis Lifestyle TV show. Man, I was a little bit beat. I remember trying to, was trying to stay awake and 11 o'clock, I was zonked. It was a little bit of a long 420, that is for sure. Four, four hours of our own content and then an hour of content with Cannabis Lifestyle TV. That is a lot of being live on YouTube for one day. I'll tell you, I said to my wife, though, I'm like, yeah, I talked like four or five hours today. I'm tired. She's like, how many fucking joints did you smoke? You think that has maybe anything to do with it? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, I love it. Well, today's Grow Talk, built by the DGC, DudeGrows.com, show rundown. we got uh, Dank Nug from Rhino Rider Auto uh, by Fast Buds, posted by Sun of THC. Uh, grower, grower question. I love that Sun of THC. Um, males. Looking for male seeds, posted by Bird Turd. Okay. And then in the uh, comments, we have somebody's asking, how well do those portable AC works? We're getting into summer here, Scotty. I wanted to do a little AC talk. As yes. well as recommendations on any brands for wettable sulfur. Whoa. Um, talk a little bit about wettable sulfur. Hey, Another dude, grow question. Cure. It, I mean, can, I, can I just ask you a simple question? My mother called me today, man. I'm like her authority on all things weed. And she just says, Scott, I'm uh, in traffic and there's a guy with a bumper sticker in front of me that just says weed naked. And she needed to know what it meant. And so... Any thoughts, man? I thought smoke weed naked, which sounds fun. And then I thought maybe grow weed naked, which sounds fun. Because it's, it's a, from the party naked thing, right? The uh, the whole mm. meme of that. I don't know. Thoughts? Not much of a nudist or nakedness. I mean, I don't mind, really. Um, that probably came from my high school sport. I wore a Speedo every day after school to play water polo. Dude, that's a, that, that is a rough outfit, man. When they tell you that the, the uniforms, I thought I wrestled, so I had a singlet, which was weird enough. But uh, the Speedo, that's interesting. See, and, uh, you know, and I did uh, like swimming, not water polo swimming, like right. just swimming in straight lines back and forth. Uh, yeah, you wore, they were called jammers, where it's like a Speedo, but it comes down to like just above your knees. That's what was it jamming? Yeah. I was it jamming? It's exactly what you think it was jamming. You would get you would get our pool. Our high school pool had windows surrounding it on the upper level, so you could every once in a while you could catch some some of the ladies up there taking some looks. You know, we're the only sport where we're down in speedos, so it was good. Anyway, this is Grow Talk. The next grower question is curing untrimmed flowers by T O Double D, and one more outdoor IPM full court press by SoCal Dank. This is a good one. We're going to talk about a little outdoor action coming up for you outdoor growers and how you can handle the bugs that you know might be coming to get your plants. Yeah, right on. Now, before we do it, dogrows.com forward slash support, guys. Go on over there, support the show $10 a month. It gives you access to our GGC members page where all the benefits are listed. I was just actually talking to Maestro on the phone before the show. He's like, dude, the Discord is hopping. So you get access to that DGC Discord server, uh, free seeds from Seeds Here Now. You order from Seeds Here Now for new members. 30% off Real Growers Recharge, new giveaway, Scotty, new giveaway, right away, right on time this time. Well, did you say Almost. nude or new? Sorry, now I'm thinking <laughs> of that bumper sticker, man. Nude giveaway. Pulse Pro, my friend, Pulse Pro. Over at pulsegrow.com, you can check out the Pulse monitors. Monitor your grow. The Pro unit, which isn't even available right now, FYI, it is uh, going to be available. You know how everything with chips and this, it's a, it's a supply thing, I'll just say, okay? It's not their fault, but... It's a supply thing. Be available shortly, but we got one to hook up. It's going to measure your PAR and your CO2 and set you alert, send alerts to your phone for your set parameters while you're enjoying the Within app grow experience. And it is a badass app, dude. I just hooked up a new AC last night and the first thing this morning, because my lights are on from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So I'm not always out there in the wee hours of the morning. I just was scrolling through every, I could see every second. Like, bam, dude, this temperature is on now. Like, I love being able to look at what's going on in my grow when you're making changes. 
You guys want to win the? I need to install mine, bro, because it's the last thing. You know, I'm just finishing the grow up. Put CO two in a couple of days ago. I walked in, and you know, there's people working in there still, or going in and out. And sure enough, man, somebody plugged my side lighting in that is not connected to the timer, the the flowering timer. Oh, what? So it's yeah, they just fucking reset my veg. I mean, they reset my flowering time. Thank God it's the first week. But yeah, shit like that, a Pulse Pro or just any kind of Pulse will help you. Yeah, let you know, why are your lights on right now? You told me they're not supposed to be. Yes, even after I talked to them, okay? I talked to them about it. If you want to win this unit, go over and comment on the post when you're logged in, supporting the show, and we'll hook it up about a month from now, around May 22nd or so. Uh, if you want to get your own, just even the Pulse One, very affordable, go to pulsegrow.com, coupon code DUDE. <laughs> Yo, I literally took, it's too passive aggressive, I took the plug out of the lights and just hit it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, DudeGrows.com forward slash support if you want to get on board, become DGC. All right, Dank Nug here. This is Rhino Rider Auto by Fast Buds, which would be the breeder uh, posted by Son of THC. All right, so I'm gonna smoke with him and his dad. Says, "Oh, this is a good. This is kind of an interesting tale, man. Having to deal with a landlord and almost getting, uh, yeah, some shit. Uh, let me do some narration on. What up, DGC? Shout out from K. Hope all are well. Here's my frostiest girl of this grow, grown in 11 liter, 11 liter soil so pot, using a hobbyist line for the last time." Vegged under two 100-watt T5s for five weeks, then flipped to 600-watt HPS for seven weeks. Hang on. There's too much good stuff here. So first off, he's in the UK. Very interesting. 11-liter soil pot. So what is that? Uh, three, six, nine. Yeah, so it's three-gallon container, right? So he's growing in three gallons, and he's using AN hobbyist line, an advanced nutrient hobbyist line for the last time. And I don't have anything against the, the product. I just think that they're that once you learn, it's a very beginner's marketed product. Once you learn a bit more about nutrient, you can certainly save some money and consolidate a little. Hell bit. yeah. Just yeah. upgrade to the Grand Master line. I don't know, they had something like that called. You know what though? I'm a, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say one nice thing about it. At least you can fucking look and be like, what is that? That's humic acid, what's that? You can Google everything. It's like every ingredient is separated for you to learn from. Okay, he says, I should have harvested last week on six weeks, but I applied the if you think they're done, just wait another week method, and it's all good. I got some more yelling on the leaves. On a better note, she has four more sisters, so happy days. The negative is I just harvested, harvested Sunday night, got the ladies hanging up, went to bed to wake up the next morning to get a voicemail from my landlord saying, hey, downstairs underneath you has a leak coming from upstairs. We need to get into the property and check it out. Just harvested the night before. Uh, dude, dude, man. So it goes, hey, hey, fuck. You used the whole, you used the whole uh, quarantine about the, the the word we don't say. I'm so sorry, man. I feel like I'm coming down with a little bit of cold. I mean, Did you read down. ahead? Listen, that's the, he's, he's got options, he's thinking. He goes, so now it's Wednesday. I ain't spoke to them yet, and I'm in two minds. One, just ignore them for seven to ten days to get these as dry um, as soon as rather than um, – to get these dry as soon as rather than as quick and get them trimmed and jarred. Or I could be getting in touch with them saying, hey, I'm quarantining for 14 days. Slammo, way to make it work for you, man. But then I worry I need to get tested and vaccinated after and be in their system and all of that garbage. Ah, what do I do? It says life is a renter in prohibition land during pandemics. Ah, says, <laughs> so much love for the DGC. Wish me luck. Just had to share my story. Hope we can get this sorted. Enjoy the fruits of my labor and money spent, not wasted again. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going with the, uh, I don't know what to say. I, I kind of like it. I don't like people because there are a lot of people that, you know, use the, the the vid as excuses for all kinds of shit in life. Sounds like a great fucking excuse right now. <laughs> I, I agree, man. I mean, if there, it'd be just as bad if the garden was active. You can seal up for a visit. Like if you have some buds hanging, you can seal them up. I don't, not for too long, but then just to tighten the garbage right. bag, right? Either that, you can take a big Tupperware, throw them right in a big Tupperware for a few hours. There's going to be some lingering smell there. I guess you could cook something. I'm trying to think, what could you cook? Man? You know, something, uh, yeah, something nice and stinky. When some cod. I think- 
I figured bacon's good, man. I used to do oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's the one. I forgot, man. Bacon in the uh, oven. You can put bacon in the oven at 400 degrees. It will stink the house up forever, man. When my uh, parents were coming home after I had a house party and somebody came over before their home, now the house still kind of smells partyish, dude. Okay, time to cook bacon. Um, incense. I've one time when I Ooh. knew they were coming. Isn't that the Go solution, ahead. though? Bacon is your solution. You fucking throw some so. bacon in, you leave business as usual, you have the landlord come on in, maybe you throw it in some Tupperware. I mean, you can get a big, giant tote, Tupperware tote, and, you know, they seal on the top. Something like that'll work. That's you time it, so you're just cooking bacon the whole time they're there. The whole time the repairman's there, everything, you're just cooking bacon. It'd be fucking, I'll go buy, like, the cheap bacon, like, four or five, you know, whatever sides of it and just have it all over the place. You know, like it's an OCD thing. You just come up with excuses for when people ask, you know, you're like, like my buddy's got this crazy recipe we all co-op on, but he needs like three pounds of dry chopped cooked bacon. And I'm trying, you know what I mean? Just be ready for when you're yeah. doing things. I'd be telling them quarantines freaked me out. And I come over with bacon earrings and stuff like that. And answer the door. Be like, coming in, man. You guys want some bacon, man? <laughs> all right. First grower question. Uh, males. Posted by Bird Turd. Bird Turd. Hey, dude, I got to be honest. I really think you gave a great answer there. I think the solution is bacon. I really think that, seriously, you stink up the house. You invite the landlord over. It's probably not looking to bust your balls too bad. He just wants to come in and fix the leak. Uh, if it and smells like you're cooking something that day, I don't think he's going to go snooping around. And if you're a good tenant, too, unless your landlord is not business savvy, like your price right. is good, you pay your rent on time, like why would you kick somebody out? Just act like you just say, I didn't see that. No, no. <laughs> using it as anything. a commercial. Yeah, I don't like kick you out. It's because you're using my place as a commercial manufacturing facility for cannabis. That's nah, fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, a little home grow. I agree with you. All right. Bertrand says, I'm up in Ontario, Canada. I've been looking to get male plants or pollen as I want to make seeds. Is there somewhere I can buy male seeds or just pollen? It seems simple, but when I search for it, most of the sites that come up are all negative about males okay. instead of educational. Perhaps you talked about this in the show. Nah, a little bit. I mean, males to me, I, for one, I haven't bred yet. I don't know if I ever will. I get nervous about the pollen. Sometimes I'm gardening quick. If I'm going from my male tent, because you got to have an area, right? Your male's got to have its own area. But if you get some pollen on you, on your hands or anywhere else, and go into your other tent while it's flowering, I mean, you got to shower in between at least, you, right? You just need to have some, like, good cultural practices for doing it. And like you say, another area, males don't need that much space and they don't have to flower for that long or have that much light. So you are able to do it in, like, a two-by-two two tent with, like, a 100-watt light above it. Uh, you could flower out a male and get enough pollen. Um, and pollen, the, like, viability of the pollen isn't, like, uh, trying to grow top-notch female flowers it's just kind of the, it's genetic material. The pollen is going to be the same regardless of how well that male, male plant is grown. So it, it's actually really easy and just get a two by two tent. I would have it in like a separate room and like like the dude is saying, take a shower, or like use some hand sanitizer or something after you're after you're done to neutralize any pollen that could be on your hands or anything. Hey, speaking Thanks. of bird turds, man, have you ever gotten a seabird guano? It's actually pretty good. Uh, I've gotten both. I still, I've had for like three years now, I still have a bag. I bought like a five pound bag of the bat, the bat guano. Uh, I personally don't use guanos anymore. Was that bat guano sustainably harvested? No, yes, that's actually. I harvested it myself when I went on vacation. Isn't that your problem though, man, with the bat guano? Is that it's nasty and somebody's got to go in there and collect it? Man, yeah. I, I'll, I need to find the show on Netflix, man. These guys that collect this shit, it's, oh my God. Um, not only that, I do believe it is, and uh, I'll do a little more research instead of just throwing stuff out there, but uh, a little bit harmful potentially to bat habitats. But I've also seen people be like, man, there's batch, tons of bat shit on the bottom of these caves. They just go oh, in and but, get it. But they, they go in and, when they go in and clean it out, it is almost completely destructive to that bat habitat where all those bats live. Um, right. It's a whole ecosystem between like the bugs that are on the floor and the bats that eat the bugs. But, and, yeah. Go back a hundred years ago, and they were like, "Fuck, back one. We need, we know we need NPNK, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Gazentite, me amigo. And and uh, the phosphorus is hard to fucking find. It's oh. in it's in back one. We know that. And then they go, guess what? 
we only we know we only have a limited amount of back guano. There's not an infinite amount, and that's why it became such a big deal when they started making synthetic fertilizers. When they figured out how to take uh, the nitrogen out of the air and make it in the fertilizer, they were fucking. It was huge, and man. It, it meant food. Revolutionized warfare too, oh, um, because it made true. it to where like a country's uh, war waging capacity wasn't based off of the amount of like gunpowder they could make and using. These like high nit- or high nitrogen guanos and stuff is yeah. a good way, it's a good starting point for gunpowder. So yeah, them coming up with that synthetic process to be able to do it revolutionized fertilizer in the agriculture industry, but it also revolutionized warfare on a darker note. Isn't that crazy though? That the like so that the link between you know, bombs and fertilizer, the link between food feeding people and bombing people, is just literally like what is flipping the switch on the same factory. You know, exactly. Well, I mean, and then the two, like the agriculture world and like the military industrial complex are kind of tied together in a way that not a lot of people realize too. Like almost any pesticide you hear of, all the neonicotinoids that right. we talked about, imidacloprid sure. and everything, that's all stemming from research um, from like, uh, the, like chemical weapons where they were designing chemical weapons for people, then realized like, oh, we can use the same technology to sure. – target them at certain uh, bugs and uh, find modes of action for those bugs. It's so good. it's all kind of... Yeah, same, same. I was icky. reading something about nuclear energy and they were saying that you can make nuclear energy from these reactors and it you know, ends up you know, lighting up whole communities or whatever, lighting up whole cities, or you can flip a switch and have plutonium come out, which is, uh, you know, is, is what they use for bombs. So it's like, it's just like we talk about microbes. In some places they're good, in some places they're bad. You know, it seems like that's the the rule of everything in life, no? Um, the right place, right time, right place, right proportions. Well, you're on your guys' ramble, which is not a negative word. It's good information. I was doing my research on bats. I already knew. Plus, bats are so cool. I mean, they are kind of just like a rodent with wings. Some of them look straight up like a flying rat. Oh, but the way they, they are cool looking. The way they fly, the way they you know have the radar and shit, and the way they get insects, pretty damn cool animal. Just throwing it out there. If bats weren't around, we probably wouldn't have had the year we just had. Would have been a very different year. The year okay, of the bat. Fair enough. Bats eat mosquitoes, though, right? It's pretty much what they eat. Bat, they, bugs they, and stuff. They are mammals that eat like a wide variety of different things. They're like fruit bats eat fruits. They're vampire bats that drink the blood of like cows and stuff. A lot of bats that eat bugs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they're a wide variety of different things. But they, they are really good at controlling bug populations, especially in tropical places. They're good at pooping, man. They got some good poop. I need to get a little bat house on the side of my house. I definitely have bats around here. That's when you know, you know, like the cat lady, when you become the bat lady, that's when, that's when nobody comes to visit. Nobody rings that doorbell anymore. Uh, all right, got some good comments here. Trendy Broman DeLorean. <laughs> what? Uh, Nuh-uh. Yeah, Trendy Broman DeLorean says, how well does the portable AC work? Like, how cold? All I read everywhere is that portable ACs are a bad deal, but it seems just like there are a lot of amperage to run. They've got to work right. they got to work, right? I mean, come on, portable ACs. Uh, if you get a single hose, those are pretty inefficient, and they will be removing air from your grow as it as it, it pulls air, I believe, from the room it's in to cool, cool the motor while providing yeah. cooler. It's just like an inefficient design. You know, my old man was an AC repairman, and he honestly did have the ultimate set of tools back in the day. Yeah. But AC is just you're taking heat and you're transferring the heat, basically. So, you know, it's like, what does Einstein say? Every action has an opposite reaction. That compressor gets hot. And there's uh, so it's making cool air on one side, but it's exhausting hot air on the other. So the more efficient you can exhaust that hot air, the more efficient your, your air conditioner is going to be. And so when you're sucking air from the same room, and so you're actually pulling out the air you just paid money to cool, that's not so efficient. That's why those dual hoses, at least, are a bit more efficient. And just the way ACs work, too, when the compressor runs, uh, sorry, for AC compressors, compressors on alternating current hooked up to your house, when they run, it's running at its full amperage while it's running. Um, they're not super efficient. It's either on or it's off. It's like a switch. Lord. Uh, there are like some newer ACE, in-room ACs that are, that are coming out and they're following kind of the same technology that mini splits are using yep. that are really high sear and they're able to operate on DC. So it can, instead of just being like on or off, 
it can be on 10% or on 20% or on 30%. The ones I've seen, uh, they make a dual hose one. It's from by Samsung. They are more pricey than like a Hydrofarm dual hose AC, but it's going to be a lot more electric, electrically efficient and use a lot less like peak load because it's able to like dial itself down or up depending on what it needs to do. And there's an efficiency rating, just like we'll talk about for uh, uh, U-moles per joule. We talk about when it comes to LED lights, SEER, you know, S-E-E-R rating. And you'll see it. It'll be, you can get a 10 SEER or a 22 SEER would be on, you know, on the higher range. They you know? have uh, like 28 and 32 SEER yeah. at compressors now, which is just crazy. So, yeah. You, you get, anyway. All right. Sorry. We got on the tangent. No, that. that's fine. Sear information. I'm just going to give some a little general grow information here. So you said Hydroform. They got the Active Air Portable Dual Hose AC. They claim 14,000 BTUs. The rating. This thing is. Is this in Canadian? I don't even know. But it's 658 dollars. They're expensive, um, and that's not like a true rating because all they recommend this for at max is two air cooled 1,000 watt lights in the description. Um, now, I believe if I remember, Tempe and Todd's my neighbor would rate things off thousand watt lights and say you need 3,500 BTUs of cooling per thousand watt light. Doesn't that air cooled? Um, so this, hey, when you take a four- very conservative, by the way. I well, he is very conservative. He's why I have a two ton AC in my uh, in my six by twelve. Yeah, and the so basically, don't look at a portable rated at fourteen thousand BTUs as a fourteen thousand. Same if you got a fourteen thousand BTU mini split. That's going to be more truer to the BTU rating. I just installed an AC. If you can figure out how to do, go, get a window AC into your grow, they are the cheapest. They do put the heat off the back, so you got to keep in mind what size room that's in or what's going on with that. Um, yeah. I'll give a little more detail about what's going on in my, Ooh, my grow. One problem you run into with uh, window unit ACs, they will work. Uh, they're you can run into issues with humidity. Uh, if you're in a room with like a grow room would be with really high humidities uh, and you're in a place with higher humidity like outside um, in the south or in Virginia or somewhere like that, the AC will swamp itself out with water on the back end. And then like now, how high are you saying? Do you have numbers you're thinking or um, 75 or something? Are we talking like uh, humidity? Percentages? Yeah. I don't, know. Uh, I don't have one off the top of my head. I just know that very often in Virginia, like where I grew up, uh, window unit ACs will swap out and like pretty much stop working. I think uh, that depends pretty quickly if the room they're cooling is humid and outside is humid too. I just bought a window unit. It, it, it has a dehumidifying feature, so I don't know if that is some older models. Uh, my humidity typically doesn't get up too much above close to 70 sometimes, depending on where I'm trying to achieve my EPD. But it also has an AC. You can run it as a straight AC, or you can run it as AC and dehumidify. But I'm already dehumidifying with the other units. So, um, yeah, but now I just wanted to cover this comment because summer is coming. Now's the time to think ahead. Sometimes we'll get into, especially with supply and demand and different things not being available. If you're thinking about an AC, look now. As soon as it's like the first hot day, I remember when I worked hydro, First, like, oh, man, it's going to be freaking 95 to over 100 for the next week. We'd sell out of all our shit, man. People be coming in buying ACs, fans, and call up Home Depot, whatever, and they'd be out ACs at times. So think ahead for summertime, guys, because the heat is coming. Yeah. Yeah, you let that heat get out, of, get out of control, and all of a sudden, them bugs get out of control. They are correlated. Correlated. Uh, another question or comment, comment question. Anyone have recommendations on any brands for wettable sulfur? Thanks a ton in advance. Now, wettable sulfur, I will say I've never used it. Uh, I just went to a grow yesterday. A buddy of mine has a grow, and he's not battling but maintaining PM, which sucks because he's just like, dude, my work my work is up like 50%. Is that, is that it? Is that what sulfur is for? Is for powdery well, mildew? It, I know sulfur is actually, they call it the sixth macronutrient because if you want, you want to get sulfur helps a lot with flavor in your soil. I don't know. He was using the... I think it might have been Safer's brand, but what I don't like about it, when I looked at his plants, I'm like, dude, there's what there's like residue all over your leaves. I don't like residue on my leaves if I don't have to. You know, I know some uh, products will freeze yeah, me but, out, man. But do you like broad mites or russet mites or powdery mildew more than you like having <laughs> spots on your plant? Because like it's kind of a dick, if, isn't it? If, if I want to <laughs> use like if I have all those problems, a couple spots on my leaves that will come away the next time I spray them down with water, uh, like three or four days after the sulfur spray, 
uh, I'm going to use the sulfur and deal with those spots because fuck broad mites, fuck spider mites, just ask fuck russet mites. Just say it. Do you like corn earworms, dude? Yeah. Do, do you, you like, like corn earworms, <laughs> Mr. Dude? It's very um, Well, I cannot use sulfur. I mean, once he's almost a month into flowering now, so it's like I, he's got to stop. You can't be using that on your buds. Oh, um, I, I mean, yeah, mo- first most off, definitely. Sulfur stinks for what every time I've ever smelled sulfur. Sulfur is a like pretty key part of uh, integrated pest management schemes for stuff. But it, it especially with cannabis, it has some timings with it that you uh, want to follow. You don't want to use it in flower. Um, using it in early veg is fine. Using it in middle veg is fine. Late veg is okay. Uh, you don't want to be using it in flower. It's it's not some it. Will uh, if you extract or do or like to smoke your weed, right? It will have like a weird, like rotten egg smell and taste to the mm. concentrate into the flower. Which mm. I don't. There's a Gets lot of high. weird flavors in weed that I'm like 100 here for. <laughs> rotten egg and sulfur is not one of them, right? Well, that's what he's the doing. The battle beans are coming from. I've been at before. He's got a little bit of powdery mildew here and there, right? And he's a month in a bloom because before he was a month in a bloom, he knew he had it. And he had the thought, fuck, maybe I should cut this down and start over because it really ups your labor. You got to go through like every three days at least in spot spray to keep it at bay. Uh, so I was telling him, I'm going to shout out to Optifolio. I was going to recommend him like, dude, go hook up on some ATAC, um, A-T-A-K, which is just a very, you can use it the whole way through all the way up to harvest. And I was using it right on my bud with no negative effect. And it just has the, the slightest amount of, I think it's copper sulfate, which is so, like, there's some sulfur, right? That'd be soft, like copper and sulfur. Is that what copper sulfate is? That co- copper, sulfur, and oxygen. So with no negative effect on the flowers, but you've got to keep on it. I'm not promoting any of these products as it's going to fix your PM, uh, but it will get you to harvest, and yeah, it, it, I dig it. It comes in a ready-to-use and concentrate, by the way. Check out opticfolier.ca. Right. What are you laughing at, Scotty? First off, I've been smoking for, I don't know, got to be a solid 30 years. I haven't been counting. It's the first time I've ever got a stem in my tooth from smoking. Got a stem stuck in my tooth, man, from smoking a joint. I got to do the whole crutch thing. Jaren says he's you, coming over. You got to start doing crutches. Uh, you know, Jaren's coming over. It might be, I don't know what day it is, but I think it's tomorrow, man. And uh, if so, we'll hang out. He may be able to teach me how to roll. The crutch is like, you mean the filter at the end? What do you mean? Yeah, filter, whatever. I don't know. I don't well, it's not really filtering anything, so I guess you can't call it a filter. But I see what you're saying. <laughs> yes, whatever they'll call it. Jaren will school me tomorrow. Another grow question here. Another trim question. Curing untrimmed flowers by T-O-double-D. says, what's up, DGC? To one of the, I was listening to one of the latest shows and Scotty mentioned Bruce Banner's trim as you go process. Good. We got Nug Cam? I got three examples of that. Ooh, <laughs> yep. Hang on. All right, that's the, that's the hi-fi right there. Can you see that? Beautiful bud. But yeah, I, you definitely want to trim that before you, but look, there's no fan leaves on there. That's just sugar leaf on there. Pretty much everything there's got bud. Here, let's see another example. I think that's the gelato, but it's still, it's kind of trimmed. Here, there's another example of some loose stuff. I don't know which one that is, but I guess this is a fan leaf right there, though. Well, like, I was, there's very, very few fan leaves. I'm like, right. all, almost all the fans are plugged, but there's a lot of sugar leaves that are covered in trichomes that are still on there. So that's the idea, though, is the Protection. fan leaves have a shitload of uh, chlorophyll, and the idea is somehow it gets sucked back into the buds, or it just affects the flavor somehow. I don't really, I don't know the science. Uh, so okay. definitely take the fan This is going to be a little bit of a, a, a different trim than that. It says, I was just wondering if anyone else does this, or if there's a downside to a slow whole plant drying for 10 to 14 days. No downside to that. That's plus mm-hmm. side. Right. And then jarring up untrimmed flour until you're ready to smoke, until you've got some extra time to spend manicuring. You at least got to get rid of the fan leaves. And then when the sugar leaves coming out of the bud, some of the bigger sugar leaves, it's super easy just to give that just a half trim. I mean, yep. I like, I think you're going to affect your flavor or something if you put like fan leaves in a dry, like after it's dried, you're putting it in a jar, just all the fan leaves too. Maybe not. I don't know. I definitely can put a fan leaf back or a couple fan leaves back to get the uh, moisture level back. Pre-Bovida, that's what I would do. But I don't know. There is something about having the fan leaves have a bunch of chlorophyll in them. And it does affect the flavor if you leave it on there. Uh, 
At least that's that's what the bro science that I've been told. And uh, I never leave my family. So right on, right on. Um, me neither. I take those off. Even I take some of those off even because I do uh, let my plants dry, like whole plant drying, but I still remove the fan leaves. And then I let it, the, the whole plant dry with all the sugar leaf, everything else on it. And then I give final trim. Yeah. my else just did. When I, when I like, even before I pull a plant down or chop it, I like, while it's just easiest to do it, then while it's still sitting there all up um, and connected to its root zone, pluck all the fan leaves off and then cut it down and go hang it. So that you're not like have an upside down hanging plant trying to get all around it and like it tied up in string and stuff while you're trying to do it. Plucking leaves, you can pluck them all while it's just still in the ground and then cut it down and like no stress or anything to the plant. I dig. I dig. What uh, somebody, another grower friend of mine was commenting that when they did the dry trim that they didn't like it. They felt they were losing too much of their trikes like we're falling off as they're trimming versus wet trim. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're smushing a lot of your trikes wet trimming, dry trimming. I think you can be really precise about it. Okay. Like I said, just get a tray, collect that shit. No big deal. There's enough trikes on the flower and then you'll have some heath, you know? All right. Moving on. Thanks for the comments there. we got comments from Together Meow. Together Meow. And Asufa, uh. what's up? Greengrass grows. DDC community helping out. And Savvy grows. So moving on to another grow question here. Uh, you just reminded me, though, when you're talking about like catching the keef and whatnot, you like the maturity of your, your cannabis, uh, I don't know, knowledge, I guess. But remember when you'd be so psyched to get a little bit of keef in the corner of the bag? You'd be like, oh, my God, dude, I just smoked the, the trichomes from the corner of the bag. And you I got to be careful so high. It will get you rather high. It'll get you high, yeah. At least There's back a big in the day, I remember that was that was right on. I was I always used to enjoy that. Between it's just as long as you know. Like sometimes I'm just taking a maintenance one hit or something before going into. Let's say I'm just going in to go grocery shopping. I I like to hit a bowl before I go into the grocery store. But sometimes, man, you hit that key it might be a little too much for you out in public. Depends. <laughs> uh, oh, I got a shout out to Real Growers. What's up? Real Growers Recharge, realgrowers.com. If you want to get some recharge, Canadian Growers, rechargecanada.ca. Check it out. New sizes in up in Canada. And yeah, you're actually, you're just hanging out today doing a little Real Growers work over at Wait the Girl. We were, man. Guru, and we'll have a conversation about this in real time, but we're there and there are some nutrient companies there. We're talking to them and a lot of them run sterile. Just because when they go into it's meaning that they don't run any microbes, uh, they just uh, almost like a hydrogen peroxide or almost like they're bleaching the roots, you know, making them really clean every week, hoping to keep them clean and pathogen free. So it's really weird to go talk to these. And they do that because in commercial environments, you got to you know, you're running hundreds of lights. You got to keep everything clean, you know, or at least your, your cleanliness is next to godliness in a, in a grow. Uh, and microbes are, you know, bacteria growing all over the, you know, at least all over the roots. And so yeah. it's, it's frowned upon in somebody, but it's not frowned upon. But when you go into a giant grow, you're trying to sell them a simple system. And so they just sell them, hey, clean the roots, bleach the roots once a week, man. It'll keep everything cool. And it's so hard to just kind of listen to that way of growing. I'm like, yeah. You know, because <laughs> it's just not the way things are, but not the way plants are supposed to grow. Plant roots, nothing is is really sterile in this world. When a baby comes out, they're sterile, but within 24 hours, they're covered in bacteria. Ooh, got a correction there. Yes, sir. Babies are not sterile when they come out at all. They are oh, pretty much inoculated by their mother on their way out. What if it's a C-section? Okay. Mm -hmm. that, that, <laughs> there you go. But yeah, as a matter of fact, Rob Dunn's coming on the show next week. I'm going to tell, ask him to tell nice. the story, man. Oh, man, this is the craziest one, but it'll talk all about that. Anyway, microbes are going to show up. They're going to show up on your roots, whether you like it or not. And if you bleach them, brand new, you know, sterile roots, guess what? Microbes are going to show up. Pathogens, good ones, who knows? The idea behind recharge, the idea behind beneficials uh, is to get these bacteria in the root zone, where the, uh, in the soil and on the roots uh, as to where they can protect and actually work with the roots, man. It's a lot different. So when uh, pathogens show up, there's not a vacancy side, man. I'll just say, which sounds cheesy, but for real, I know a lot of DDC will agree. It's going to make growing easier for you. 
healthier plants, stronger plants, no freaking joke. Uh, so check out realgrowers.com, coupon code DUDE, rechargecanada.ca if you're a Canadian grower. All right. Yeah, I feel like that was a very Irie recharge commercial. But it's just like uh, uh, the whole philosophy of growing with microbes, man. It really is something. It's like a team, bro. I mean, it's always been all plants. I mean, when I go around well, for a hike in the woods, it's like everything there. I think everything is like working with microbes, whether it's the wood yes. on the ground that's being broken down, whether it's the active living trees, every single damn plant, microbes helping out. They, absolutely. What do you think? There's a sterile spot there where no microbes. <laughs> Somebody go. comes there's, through with a with a nutrient solution. There's microbes at Chernobyl. Okay. There's microbes that live very fine in your boiling water. You know. So it's yeah. like, yeah. Guess what? They're there, man. So make friends with them. Add beneficial microbes into your soil, into your roots, onto your skin, into your gut, uh, to keep the pathogens away. Right on. Right on. I'm going to talk about Outdoor IPM Full Court Press by SoCal Dank. This is a good one here. And admire his grow pictures that he has set up here while I'm doing some narration because they're pretty cool. Uh, it says, last year, what up, dude? Scotty Guru in the DTC. Last year, like dude, I had a terrible issue with caterpillars and crop loss to bud rot. This year, I'm thinking of taking a full court press against them and other bugs in many ways as I can think of. First, distraction, I like this. I put up a bug zapper across the yard. Hopefully I can just keep the moss distracted and flying away from the grub. <laughs> bug zappers are almost just, I'm almost so nice. I feel they're cruel, but once you get what? mid enough. <laughs> you need the tennis racket one, the mobile one. <laughs> Not until they have one that you can plug into 120 because the battery powered ones are too weak. I want to see that thing incinerated. You would hurt yourself with one of those, man. All right. So then we have a uh, second physical barriers. I've got the outdoor garden surrounded by insect netting. However, it's not perfect. There are some gaps toward the bottom where the walls don't quite meet the floor. That, and it's really going to help, though, the way it's set up. In That's the picture. super effective. Uh, third, sprays. I'll be applying both Sulfoil X and Botanicard, Botanic, yeah, Botanicard 22WP every seven to, seven to 10 days. So let's, those two products, Sulfoil X, that smothers the insect, right? It's like yep, it puts a slime on somebody and they can't breathe. So horticultural oil, it's going to suffocate them. And then the oils that are in there, like any oil will do that. will suffocate a bug if it get, gets on it and comes right. with it. Um, Anyone's going to do that and plug up their breathing holes. But Sulfoil X is going to be made up of uh, some certain horticultural oils and plant oils that are going to have some uh, pesticide pesticidal effects to them. Don't know if it's registered as a pesticide with the EPA. But what is the deal with all the different oils, man? Are, is there really a big difference? I mean, kids... there 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 is a huge difference between between those oils and the different right. al alcohol esters and stuff that they use in pesticides. Um, like certain oils are going to have much more effect on certain pests Got than it. other things. Like cinnamon oil is one that's really commonly used, right? And it does have some uh, like pest fighting abilities more more so than just the it suffocates them. Uh, and the Botanigard 22, that's, this is a biological control, right? It's actually like a fungus that grows on. It is the, a the fungus bugs. called Bavaria bassana. And, and yeah, it's uh, pathogenic to insects, to soft-bodied insects. And it will kind of, it's weird. It gets into them and infects them and turns them into like a zombie. That then if, it, if it's like ants, they go back into their, their nest and then it spreads the fungus to everybody. See, I bet it's you the like bugs that, that get that wish they flew into the bug zapper instead. Right. Yeah, instead of like <laughs> getting taken over by an alien parasite that turns you into a zombie that's going to go kill your whole family. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, that, the oil might be better. Again, another something I'm, something I'm going to talk to Rob Dunn about, man. He was talking about that toxoplasmosa. When it's toxoplasmosis, something like that, the one with the cats it's and the where rats, it, remember? It's the bacteria that cats uh, really often, they, they're carriers for it. Right. Um, that rats will, if they, they get into it at all, uh, they will become infected with it and it makes them not afraid of cats. Uh, yes. So they will walk right up to a cat and the cat's like, thank you. Yep. It makes people not really afraid of much either. It really fucks with your fear and stuff like that, man. People start doing crazy stuff. I guarantee I wonder, you and I are both infected by it. If you could get that and it'd be like performance enhancing. Like sometimes I'll see 
you know, a drop when I'm mountain biking. Right. If I had that. Or maybe Alex Honnold before Pretty he's about to do. free solo is just like huffing a cat, getting ready, getting ready to climb. Like <laughs> South Park style. It, All right, moving on here. He's got then he said also spinosad product being sprayed on a similar schedule, just offset by a few days. Uh is spinosad, spinosad now, the same thing? Is that uh, the is like a, a heat killed bacterium. Forget which one it is. No, they're not the same thing. Right. Um, but you can tank mix them. Uh, those those two uh, don't have any antagonistic effect with each other. You should be able to tank mix the two of them, no problem. Huh. And uh, man, I know that that's the wrap on on Spinosad is it smells like dirty gym socks. Smells like dirty gym. Um. Oh, okay. Uh, you're not thinking of Spinosad. You're thinking of what is it? Actinovate and Cease are the two like powdery mm. mildew sprays that they smell like dirty gym socks, like full on. Uh, I am hard pressed to want to use those like further than week three or four in right. flower because it is uh, stinky. Yeah. And anyway, watch out for those. You definitely want to make sure that you don't stink up your buds. So hey, it says hey. as he's getting closer to mid July, early August, they'll start cutting out the uh, oil X. And swapping out the spinosad with BTK product. BTK, that's all I know is Bacillus Therengensis. What's this? Yes. Kursky? I always, Kursky? I'm pretty sure. What's what's the difference? We know what BT is. Uh, Bacillus Therengensis, Israeliensis is, uh, yeah. That actually is the one that. BTK targets targets caterpillars. So it is the one, if you're looking for like an effective control of anything that in its life cycle it is a moth uh, or a caterpillar. This this is the type of uh, I wouldn't type of thing you'd want to use, and like for corn earworm, this would be awesome. Why would he use that instead of spinosad? I would alternate between the two products and use both of them, unless the spinosad is funky or something, and he shouldn't be using it well into bloom. But I don't think that's the case. Outdoors as well, products and sprays um, definitely get broken down quicker by the sun. Uh, yeah, a lot of them are going to react with UV, and uh, it, that that lowers the RA or reentry interval. How fast you can come back around the plants after spraying stuff. Um, but yeah, the the sun is going to break stuff down quicker. And like I was saying earlier, a lot of those things uh, are not antagonistic with each other and can be tank mixed together um, and not have to do like staggered rotating sprays for everything. Man, with with that screen though, what about just some beneficial predators? Well, hold on. That's what we're getting to right now. Yeah. It says, last, beneficials. The plan is late to order bugs around late August, early September. I've got my eye on the following. Rove beetles, Aureus, Califor- Californicus, Swirsky, and maybe something that flies like a parasitic wasp of some sort. The plants typically come down between mid-October and early November. So wanting to obviously go to get to a certain point in bloom, um, depending on flower size and what you're spraying, you don't want to spray things anymore. Uh, but beneficials especially outdoors get yourself some sachets is it sachets or sachets i don't know sachet i think that's where you want to be the whole time um i don't they're in in a tent like that in a screen tent so it it is open at the bottom um and as a as a cultural practice this is going to work great for moss because not very often do moths like swoop down and fly underneath to get to something sure um this is going to stop like the vast majority of them but is there enough food in there uh just currently all the time to support a beneficial predator population or no, they're predators they're fast they can move they can fly somewhere else or right. go somewhere else right are they gonna stay there and how many applications can you do if you're going to be applying them like once a week throughout the not entire cheap, growing not season cheap. not going to be cheap you could do that and get away with it. If you just want to apply once and just say, "Be like, I got predator bugs," uh, you're going to be in, you're going to be in for a rude surprise. But what a, what food source is there for them to colonize? If right. You don't have anything yet, but you think some corn earworms might show up. Two um, words, man: praying mm-hmm. mantis. They eat each other. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there can only be like one or two of them around because they were the ones that survived killing all their siblings. Some ladybugs would uh, be something simple. Um, but yeah. just just generally, it's probably going to be best to – you had problems with this stuff last year. You have some pretty good plans to be able to treat it this year. As far as predator bugs go, I would go with your cultural practices and spray uh, routine up until like week two of, or three of flower and then switch over when you're done doing your sprays and release predators. Otherwise, every time you spray, you'll have to stagger your sprays out so that – like three days afterwards, you can get predators down, 
But some of these sprays are going to have effects on the predators um, and affect their populations. And well, you're going to need to so, get more predators down. Sofoil X definitely is going to kill your predators. But Botanigard or BTK and or I think even Sminisad should be friendly with the predators, no? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Spinosad maybe a little bit more. The BTK should be fine. It's fairly targeted just at caterpillars. Um, and there aren't, for us as gardeners, there aren't very many beneficial caterpillars to have around, really. Um, but the Bavaria Basana and the Suffoil X, those can definitely uh, have some effect on the population of just any bugs that are around, um, not just the predator bugs. And call ahead, like depending on what, your tar- what you're after, like I was after hemp russet mites when I had to order some beneficials because I identified them, and this was in the outdoor. Um, there could be an outbreak in some agricultural community or huge, massive grow warehouse that takes up a lot of the supply. Like Arbico Organics, for example, is a good place to order from. Right. Call ahead, though, and be like, okay, what day do I need to order? How is your supply on this? Do you guys plan on having enough available throughout this time when I'm going to need them? Check around because sometimes beneficials, I mean, we're dealing with them breeding these live insects just straight up aren't available for certain time right. frames. Uh, I did have a, I wanted to feature comment because it was a good one from um, Grasufa. So let me do a little narration on here. It says, you could try some companion planting. Some best attractors to plant near the crop might include basil, lavender, marigolds, coriander, and mugwort. Some attractors, I guess, to plant away from the crop might include chervil, dill, geranium, fennel, lemon balm, and thyme. Captain Jack's Bug Dead is a good spin as that. Um, Left Coast Plant Therapy and Center Coast Green Cleaner are a couple more sprays you can use even into flower. And this is where, this is some good tips here. Don't spray too often. Once a week is enough for preventative measures. If you have an infestation, I have found the 10-day spray to be effective. In either case, you need more than just a couple products to rotate through or they'll become immune to them. Um, so I dig on that, man. I like to rotate. That's when I had hemp recipe, hemp recipe mites on the indoor. I rotated through three products. Yes, let's up? I disagree with don't spray too often. You have to break the, break the life cycle of the, of the Well, box, he's saying, okay, we're assuming I scouted my garden. I don't see anything, but I'm outside. I'm going to spray preventatively. I'm okay. down with once a week if you're scouting and you don't see anything. I agree with you. If you see some shit... The spider mites spray once every three days. Like you got to break. You got to break the life cycle. Yeah, it's not the. It's not gonna. Like a, those a, oils aren't gonna kill the eggs. A seven day spray is good as a preventative measure. Is you have an active infestation once every three days is probably going to be what you want to do. But all of this is going to depend on the actual bug that you have, and you have to identify it to be able to treat it right. You can't just be like, I got bugs. I need to spray everything on there. You want to identify the bug that you have and treat for the bug that you have or bugs that you have. And that that will involve uh, knowing its life cycle and finding something that has uh, one mode of action to attack it and then something else that has another mode of attack um, or mode of action on it so that it d- isn't able to build up that resistance near as quick as if you're just using one thing on it. Bugs go through life cycles really fast and it allows them to adapt to their environment really fast. I'm thinking of... Uh, of- down in Florida, I got 20 acres of bamboo. I don't preventatively spray it at all. You know, I grow big, strong, healthy plants that are very well fed and we don't have bug problems. But if we did, I would do something about it. But I don't just preventatively spray. And I know some other really great growers and uh, they grow strong plants. I don't know that they preventatively spray oils on them. And it depends on it depends on the plants you're doing too. Like bamboo, where it's a grass, um, it is fairly resistant to most things, anyways. Sure, sure. Um, it, it doesn't have near as many problems as a like a soft body plant like cannabis is going to have. I'm just thinking about uh, prevention. <laughs> you know, I think I'd rather set the environment up correctly. You so know, as just far as having it, the right uh, Ross Sufo was saying, a good wettable sulfur spray will kill all the bugs. Too, but you can only use this a couple times in your plant during veg. Is there any information on the frequency of using a wettable sulfur? I thought you could spray that more than a few times. I don't know. I've seen it beat people's plants up. I don't know. Maybe one of those things you don't spray with the lights on. Because I remember hearing people like making the leaves shrivel up and whatnot. Really look terrible. So uh, I'm a little bit scared of wettable sulfur. Be careful with it. Your full court press sounds good to me. So Cal Dank, good luck in the outdoors this season. Let's take it over to the pros list before we go to what's going on in our grows. Dudegrows.com forward slash pros. You can check out all the coupon codes, whether you need seeds, CBD, or a badass LED from rapidled.com. If you guys are building LEDs, uh, they have 
kits. They have pre-built LEDs as well. Today I am featuring one of those, the FM660, yo. Um, this thing's dope, only two inches thick. I like to see these low pro LEDs. It's such a game changer. They really are. I'm using them in veg, the bars, and they're fucking awesome. As a matter of fact, uh, I had to pull my plants. They were growing into the bar lights, but you know, it wasn't really damaging them. Like it wouldn't, with the HID light, holy shit, it would was cause a fire. Who'd oh, bring yeah. them things <laughs> like they were on fire, you know? Yeah, it was pretty amazing, man. They're going right into the light. So we got a 600 watt LED here covering up to a five by five area, 2.5 to 2.7 U moles per joule. And you can order it in either 3200 Kelvin or 4000 Kelvin. Um, if you're doing it just flowering, you would do the 3200 Kelvin spectrum um, and the 4K is for veg and flower. The which thing, one the- Which one is redder? <coughs> which one's redder, man? I would assume the flowering one has to be redder. So yeah, so I'm just busting. But so it's uh so as you go higher, right? So 3200 Kelvin is a little bit more red. As you go higher, you're getting closer to white, blue, and white light. Like remember those 10k, 10,000 Kelvin finishing bulbs, yep. super blues. Yep. It's the black yep, box scales off of nickel and the color that it glows when it's heated to those temperatures. You should live next door to Kelvin. This thing is pretty dope, guys. Super low profile. You can connect them together. And I'm looking at the picture here. I don't know if you throw it up, Drew. It actually folds like to a 90 degree angle. And I guess that probably would have some applications maybe in commercial growth setup or if you were maximizing the corner of a growth space. I used to hang actually eight bulb T5s on my sidewall to uh, get all the, the bud there that was side that I, wasn't getting light before. I got them. I definitely put those little lights I told you that were screwing me up. It was the side lighting. I believe definitely in side lighting. And wow. That's some bougie side lighting right there. Can you imagine every corner? How many corners are there? Fivers. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We had four of those in each corner, man. That'd be no, insane. you just took four of them together to make a square and then one on top. <laughs> it's a cage. It's your light cage. <laughs> <laughs> RapidLED.com, guys. They got a bunch of other lights. They got cool supplemental lighting. If you want to enhance your spectrum and get some things dialed in, uh, RapidLED.com, coupon code DUDE. Yeah, All right, nice. What's going on in your growth, Scotty? Well, my growth's full up, doom. Doomed. <laughs> doom. Doom. No, it's no doomed. It's up, man. Uh, I was in there yesterday, and like I said, the veg was growing into the lights. I was supposed to have a 30-day stagger uh, for each for each harvest, but, mm-hmm. man, I only went to flower about 10 days ago. Maybe it was seven or eight days ago on one side. And I just have no room for these other plants, man. So they're going into flower now as well. And so I guess in around 60 days, we'll harvest. Maybe I'll harvest one a little early, one a little late. But uh, yeah, just been been blowing up over there, man. Really good, right about 1,000 ppm. Haven't had a change to the tank yet. So maybe you guys are onto something. I think it's about half full. 20-pound tank? 20-pound tank, yep. I didn't, oh, so you bought, you bought two of them, I guess? Yeah, I got two. Why didn't you, you just don't, you're getting a little too old for the 50 pound tank? Oh, man, I saw somebody, uh, I was talking to Rolling Stone and we were over at Way to Grow for a customer appreciation day today, a little bit earlier, and some dude was getting help uh, with a 150 pound can fan, you know, like the full six foot tall can fan. Yeah. I'm sorry, the can filter, filter. rather. Yeah, and he's putting it in his car and I was just like, we used to have to pull those in and out of grows by ourselves without it looking shady. You know, I got like the whole, it's your drunk buddy thing i got the whole psh, roll it really quick <laughs> risk minimization yeah definitely have some techniques for that man um and okay that sounds so basically you're saying bloom has started over now at 420 uh, right after 420 is when you started bloom because that light interruption i do believe so i'm gonna go talk to everybody how long I'm were they on talk for to them i gotta a go light see. cycle I, at least a light cycle when I went in. Yeah. So I, I got to go see what was up. I got to go really yeah. talk to find out who did it, get them to admit it. And uh, you're not Write in them trouble. Up. Write them up. You're not in trouble. I just need to know some information. But uh, yeah, I got to figure out. But I think even if it was one night, still screwed me up. I was wondering why I was like, dude, it's been like eight or nine days. Should be seeing some pre-flowers. And uh, I wasn't. Well, in my grow, you don't see, I usually don't see pre-flowers like really coming on. Well, yeah, about a week in. Yeah, two weeks week is in. when they got to be jamming. They stop looking like they're blowing up in veg. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, 
in my grow, I uh, in the grow hacks actually, there's still is a section dudegrows.com forward slash grow hacks, or just right in the homepage navigation. Feel free to get some hacks up, guys. I like the grow hacks. Um, there's been a few about your bamboo, like somebody's like mini tennis balls. I think it was Thor. Shout out to Thor in the UK, I believe. Or uh, he found on eBay these little foam like cat toys. So I was like, screw this. Somebody has to have straight up thought of this. And I went to Amazon.ca, Scotty.ca, and wow. check out what I ordered here. I ordered bamboo caps. Um, they are shipping from China, so it's going to take a minute. What I think the, not till wait, May. Wait, stop, stop. These, you ordered plastic things from China from WeFigo.com? 40, pack of 40 garden, they call them cane caps, bamboo caps for $17, man. Um, what do you suggest? You're just calling me out because I'm ordering plastic from China for my cannabis it's garden. So undude of you, yes. <laughs> you should put what marshmallows. Should I, what on would there, be natural? Man? to Ooh, I should have got cork. Damn it! Like maybe I could cancel this and get like. Cork <laughs> Come on, there's got to be something that we can do. Even duct tape. Even if you take just a piece of duct tape, or I just recently learned it's also called gaffer's tape. Mm-hmm. Impressed? Yeah, but that's still these caps are like makes a big round flat end. So even if you run into it, because I was thinking about getting a little um, like a cap, I couldn't fi- think what I was search for. But I've seen caps that go over like the sharp end of a pole or something like that. But it's still a smaller diameter thing that could hit your eye. Are you saying just wear glasses in the garden? It did make me feel a little bit better. I was almost going to put the bamboo stakes. My plants are ready for bamboo staking. And uh, <laughs> I do think about that all the time because what have I been growing? 20 years or so? I don't know, 25 years? And uh, I've almost poked my eye out. Gotta be half a dozen times, man. I put in my bamboo stakes right after. So if I'm going my last transplant before I go to flower, even though I'm not going to be flowering for a little bit, I do it right. then because then you're not damaging roots. Like if you wait until you start putting on flower weight, I can feel the, I can feel the roots. Yeah. You know, you're pushing yeah. it through. Got to do it after transplant. That gives you room of fresh soil on the side of the pots to push through, all right? You got to grow out the inside. Yeah, every uh, flowering spot has to get really good light. That's the idea behind bamboo stakes. So do yes. that early. Uh, check out this next picture here. I installed this last night in Love and Life. I went out and find found a 6,000 BTU window AC. Um, very affordable. It's 250 Canadian dollars. What's up? Is it Love and Life or Love and Light? Uh, I don't know both. Uh, and it is, I made sure they had some cheaper models, right? Uh, but they just had knobs like high, low. This was an LG. It gave me the option to put a digital temperature on, which I wanted. So I wait, what am I missing here? What, it, what do you mean? What do you have? Do we have a video here? Do we have a video image? Just there, a picture. Thank you, man. Thank you, sir. So I just framed it up to hang down, cut a hole in the side of my tent and put we the We get the it, dude. Unit. You work out. We get it. Okay. Yeah, I, I moved that equipment over there just for the picture. <laughs> Sorry, thank God. Um, but that uh, it's working great. My tent was getting up to ninety, and I knew that just because I didn't set my perimeters on my pulse meter, which is my bad. Because with when you're within app, you got to set. Hey, if it gets above this temp, we'll let you know. But my lighting timer has a high temp shutdown, and when I open the grow, you could see the light flashing on the timer, indicating, hey. I had to shut these lights off. It got too hot from where you set it. So that's another nice feature for, for grows. It got over 90. I have my high temp set at 90. If it goes over 90, the light shut off. But they keep trying to come back on, I think, every 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and you don't always see that when you go into your grow. The hottest point of your grow might not be when you first go in there. When the lights come on, typically when I do, when it's time to get some work done, lights come on at 7, go in there. It's not that hot yet. It takes time to build up the heat. But this AC at 6,000 BTUs, is not working hard at all. I mean, I was only about right. three to four degrees above, or I should say five. Um, and I sat there and I watched it. So I've turned that AC down to 60 for a little bit. I'm like, let's run this thing for a while. And I opened the tent window. So the tent still stays sealed. And I watched my CO2 gauge and it did not go down at all. Some people are saying some window units to use air in the room, they affect it, it messes with uh-uh. your CO2. I sat there for like 10 minutes looking through this window, sipping on a beer, having a J, and CO2 did not go down. I was like, sweet, man. Like, yeah. It has a vent, man. They have a vent. Open or close. And that's how you can control the amount of air going in and out. This one didn't have a vent built into it, I don't believe. But I'm super happy to run this and have – I was going to – I was so debating – 
you know, I'm like, shit, maybe I'll just shut down for the summer, you know, and get back into it in the fall. But I'm like, you can't do that. You're not going to have an outdoor grow kicking. I want to have this tent rocking. And then I also dimmed the HLG 600R spec. I dimmed it down to halfway and I was able to kind of get the temps I wanted, but seeing the light dimmed just so bummed me out. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, that's the energy right there, man. Yeah. I'm like, this is obviously going to affect yield. And if I'm running this shit, I got to run, I want to run it full blast. Right. So I did like having the option. So when I knew, when I found out I was going to need an AC, I wasn't sure. I had the option of dimming my LED, which was nice. It gave me a few days to shop around and get what I needed. Uh, and you like my carpentry work there, man. I'm pretty good. I gotta be honest, dude. I really do. It's very undude of you, man. Everything looks, that doesn't look square, but it looks like it would like hold up. Hey, do you got the rest of that sheet of plywood? So hook a brother up. Let's put no. I, that was like half of a half sheet, and it was like twenty three dollars, dude. So what? Um, two by fours are up like seven hundred percent. Is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of my carpenter stories would be I can make some stuff. Um, my dad's not a carpenter, but we can rig some stuff up. So we built my daughter a like a bunk up top bed, wait, so wait, she wait. Could have a desk under it and stuff. You know you what go, I mean? My dad, hey, my dad's not a carpenter, we, so we, but we can rake some stuff up. And then he goes, so we built my daughter a loft. Yeah, yeah it's so, like this loft Jesus. bed. And when we were done, it was great. It's a full size. And my daughter's up there and we were looking at pictures. I'm like, hmm, we should probably put up some side rails. And, you know, my daughter doesn't really move around in her sleep. And we were like, well, you know, my daughter's like, Fuck I'll be it. okay, dad. And sure enough, yesterday she fell off from it. And I was like, oh, Oh no. She's fine. She's fine, man. All right. She was one of those falls where like you kind of wake up and grab the bed as you're falling. So you <laughs> don't is. need railings. Okay. Man? I said I gotta put rails culture. on there. And she said, No, you don't, Dad. I'm fine. It's like, all right, I don't know about this. Anyway, Listen to the 10-year-olds, man. I don't want to go to the ER again. I've been two or three times this year with the kiddos. So Jesus, man. <laughs> all right, between burns, broken wrist, and maybe some stitches in there. It's cool but, they don't do it at showtime, so you know. That's all that's going on in my grow right now. And again, so excited to have I love just from the remote control, just full on. I thought it was silly. I called you actually, Scotty. I'm like, am I being silly here to put a window unit inside my tent? Um, but that's mm-hmm. nah, working good. It's done very well too. And the window unit, what is it? It's um six thousand BTUs. That's like a half a ton of cooling. That's not a lot. You're basically just it's, I don't know. Yeah, five point something amps, not horrible, and it's not running much to cool that thing down. And you are you guys <laughs> I feel silly saying this, but it's one ten the same as in the United States. No, a lot of places it's like a two twenty plug. Yes, yeah, so it is it is the same. Well, just because 220, it's very it's very cool to be able to run things like an air conditioner on 220 because they do pull so much power. In 220, you're pulling uh, less half the amperage as you are yeah. at 110. So it really makes a big difference. Uh, well, I hope everybody's grows out there that's listening is doing well. You're thinking ahead, preparing for summertime. Um, don't forget to check out dudegrows.com forward slash merch. If you want some merch, dudegrows.com forward slash support. If we'd help you grow, don't forget you get to order some free seeds, some seeds here now when you support the show. And who's slinging some recharge out there, Scatty? Oh, guru, who you got today, man? We got Homegrown Supplies in St. Charles, Illinois. And shout out to Scott over there. New store signing up. Uh, I'm Scott. He's Scott. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> St. Charles, Illinois. Nice, man. Illinois was on our list of, well, uh, of legal states, to... man. Rec states, if I'm not mistaken, right? I'm going to start off these shout outs, man. First off is Astastic Grower, who's a dude, by the way, and 410 Connects. What's going on? I got Dylan MD and Stone's World. Only one Kenobi. And Nate D's Beans. Nate D's Beans? These beans. <laughs> Dank room stankton. That's not funny, man. And Vermilion 524. What's up, Smokey Room 420? And Blaney Boy Buzz. How you doing? Don't forget Green Box 420. We're killing my chickens. Box. Dude's have bucks. My wife says I have no butt. I don't know. I guess I'm not out no, I don't think so, man. <laughs> you better get you ever put on a tight pair of Wranglers? Anyway, 
I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> All right, peace out, Scotty. Stay higher, my friends. Uh, catch you soon, DDC. Take your easy, dude. Some people love to blaze up the tank. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And when the boss says is to take a little break, that means we lighten up a dude. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the boss on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed. In my toolbox, there's a bone. Some people start their day off with a pill. It's what the doctor says to do. They shake their heads at natural medicine. Go ahead and try something new. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the good vibes on. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to smoke it out in Just look at how he's being paid